This is an ABC podcast. On ABC Radio Melbourne and Victoria. This is the Conversation Hour. The beautiful Maryborough Railway Station was once described by Mark Twain as a railway station with a town attached. Our old train stations and rail lines in Victoria, they once played vital roles in our lives and our economy. And many areas are now trying to breathe life back into them. They're turning old railway stations into galleries and restaurants and old railway lines are being turned into popular tourism and bike tracks. And they're a huge tourism attraction. Nick Healy, your co-host today, is always joining you from ABC Shepparton. Nick, Victoria is leading the way when it comes to rail trails. Anyhow, did you know we've got 47 rail trails in this state and there's more out there pending at the moment? Look, I didn't know the number. I knew there was a lot and that makes my next statement even more shameful because I've not gone out and experienced any of them. There are ones mere minutes from where I am, great ones, half an hour down the road from Shepparton, and I just haven't got around to doing it. You have inspired me. I've literally just, when you've been talking, been on one of my apps, downloading some data, making sure I can get out there tomorrow morning. I haven't done it either. Rushworth to Murchison. It's half an hour down the road from here. I can do a 40k round trip on the bike. I'm really excited to do it because it is beautiful. I love that we are taking these, what could just be a abandoned scar through the paths and the nature and the, uh, the farms and instead turning it to something that's a bit of a joy to be associated with. And I mean, I hate to turn everything into a educational experience, right? That's the mother and me coming out. But you learn stuff along the way. So not only is it preserving our history and a really important part of our history, you do learn about, you know, how rail was used in that area mm. and how vital it was to our economy. And as Mark Twain, when he was referring to the Maryborough train stations, a lot of these stations now are unused. But they are beautiful. They are stunning. And how they were once used is very different to how we use and view our train stations now. A lot of our train stations now, they can be really undervalued and ugly and just not utilised in the same way they originally were. Let's be honest, they can be a little depressing. Sometimes yeah. you can find yourself with a bag waiting for a train station and Thinking, everything feels like... this what my life's become? Oh, <laughs> I've done so many terrible decisions to arrive here, it's too bad. And it is a shame because they were once bustling hubs. They were the main mo- ro- uh, mode of transport. They were how you got around. They were the, you know, all the airports of the day and, and were treated as such. It was a place where you could grab a dry- bite to eat, a drink, see people. You were welcoming people. You were sending people off. There's still an opportunity to take those beautiful and they are beautiful old examples of architecture and actually do something exciting with them. And when we talk about the the rail lines themselves, I think there would be many people in different parts of Victoria that wouldn't realise that maybe even their house is over an old rail line or that it's really close to one. So today we're going to learn where they are, not just the rail trails, but these beautiful old stations as well and what can we do with them. And then if we flip our conversation today and look into our current and our contemporary train stations. How can they be used more to help service us in our everyday lives? You know, everything from housing to, I don't know, access to a post office, to a supermarket, to a doctor's, to something, rather than just being these big ticket hubs where we don't even need tickets anymore. (laughs) How can the actual physical space of a railway station be used a little better in a contemporary setting? I'm sure it's going to be a very easy answer and we'll have it all be dusted by midday. So is there a rail trail in your town or in your suburb, maybe an old train station where you live that you would like to see brought back to life in a different way? And maybe you've travelled overseas and you've seen some great examples of how old lines are used and you think that maybe it would work where you live. On ABC Radio Melbourne and Victoria. This is the Conversation Hour. I live close to an old, closed down and overgrown train line. I've been coming here for years. A lot of people have forgotten about the 43 kilometres of track and the nine stations. While running one day, I thought, why don't I join the line back together? Be the first person since 1958 to run the line. 
And that's Bo Miles. And we'll be speaking to him in just a moment. And he did run the line. And the line that we're talking about is the Nugi line throughout Warrigal and Nugi in a beautiful part of Gippsland. But Alison's in Sandringham. Good morning. Hello. What did you want to say? Yeah, um, my husband and I were rode some of the Great Victorian Rail Trail just this past weekend. We started at Tallarook and went to Yay. So we left our car at Tallarook and rode our bikes to Yay, uh, stayed in the pub at Yay overnight and then rode on the next morning to a tunnel at Cheviot. And the trail actually goes all the way to Mansfield. So I think it's... I don't know, 100, 150 k's. Um, but the Yay Rail, Railway Station, they've done some some really great work with. It has a, an area where the tr- tracks used to be is now a play area and there were kids there playing footy at the weekend, which I thought was really nice. So you can stand on the platform and look down at the kids playing there. And there's also, I think they have some craft shops in the building itself at certain times. So they've done it really well. Alison, what was the actual trail like to ride? I mean, we keep hearing that they're beautiful, they're flat, they're undulating, like it's a gorgeous ride. Was it good? It was. I mean, we, we've done a few. Um, yeah, it, it, it's really well. You ha- good. You have to cross the road a few times. You have to, uh-huh. you know, cross the main road. So you need to be cautious there. You know, it, it's marked, but, you know, cars may not always you know, be, be mm. concentrating. Um, but, yeah, this, you go through some lovely countryside, through, you know, some very bushy areas. And the track itself, it's it's mainly dirt or, or gravel, um, not paved. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's a lovely thing to do. Is this, when you plan your holidays, do you think about rail trails and or where and how you can <laughs> get around? <laughs> My husband's a cyclist, so he does. He does. Yes. Um, and we we actually bought me an e-bike a couple of years ago, so <laughs> so I could um, do more with him. <laughs> <laughs> so you're coming along for the ride now. But I love that because I know lots of people, Nick, plan their holidays on walkability. So they mm-hmm. will only go to countries where you can see the city and you can get around with walking being the predominant, not all, you know, of course you can't get everywhere, but being the predominant mode of transport. Look, to me, it's actually a really lovely way to get to know a city. I don't feel comfortable in a town until I know I can walk in that, you know, a couple of k's in each direction, know where I am. It just, it tells you about suburbs, it tells you about the area, it tells you about the city itself. It's just a great way to explore and I can see why people would want to do it that way. I get super lost though. I have to have key markers. You never want to travel with me because I'll be like, didn't we go this, which way should we go? Cats in Bomb Beach, good morning. Oh, hi. How are you? Good. What do you want to say? Um, I absolutely adore the Great Southern Rail Trail. Uh, It's just spectacular. But I'd really like them to do something with the leftover train stations, um, particularly at Foster. Um, There's a a Foster to Tura leg of the rail trail. I'd like to... Oh, sorry, sorry, Kat, I was just going to say, I haven't actually seen the Foster train station. W- what's it like? Really ordinary. Uh. <laughs> it's, 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 just, uh, it's just an old building sitting there doing nothing. And I think that there's so much potential. So what would you put in there? Site. What would you do well, there? Well, I've got this grand idea that they could turn it into, um, you know, like a rest stop Um and accommodation. Mm. I'd love to be able to ride the whole 190k trail without having to get off the trail and try and find a a camping spot or, you know, accommodation. There's nothing um, along that trail. You've got to go right out of your way to find accommodation. So I think there's great potential there. You're not alone in thinking that, actually, because there's a text here, Kat, that says train stations would make great studios for artists, but also would make great use for short-term stays uh, and short residencies as well. And I love the idea of not having to get off the trail. I mean, what would you want in that? I guess just, I don't know. Really basic accommodation. 
And Somewhere to have a drink, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. There's <laughs> the heaps of ways to do it. The, the real basics. You glass know, of wine? A, a Michelin-starred restaurant and a glass of wine. I mean, it should be very easy to take Absolutely. care of. I love the way the cyclists are coming out, too. We're not talking about walking these trails at the moment. I, I can see there's a real love for getting on the, the deadly treadly and having a bit of a zip around. I love it. Let's stay along the bay here and go to Carum Downs, where Ron is. Ron, what's your idea? Um, hello, yes, um, you've heard of Queen... I'm talking about the railway station in Maryborough. Now, you've heard there's a Maryborough in Queensland as well. In the Yes, you've heard that? Yes. In the 1880s, Maryborough in Queensland was the largest town in Queensland and had all the agricultural mining and everything going on. And uh, they ordered a railway station to be sent out from uh, England. And it was a magnificent uh, affair that they designed. Uh, but it turned out that the railway station that they sent out went to Maryborough in Victoria. <laughs> and so if you look at the Maryborough in Queensland station, it's just a little humpy thing. Whereas the one in, in uh, Maryborough, Victoria, is this magnificent, great building, which, you know, the, seems to be out of proportion with the town. So they is couldn't resolve the issue, so it stayed there. Is that true? That's true. Well, that, well, that's the story they tell <laughs> in, in Maryborough. When, you, when they, they take you around the town, it's got all these magnificent old buildings in Maryborough, Queensland. It's really worth a visit. And then when they come to the railway station, say, so, well, this is out of character with the rest of the town. And the reason is... <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that's just an urban myth. But, I mean, look, I mean, Mark Twain did say that Maryborough is, you know, a train station with a town attached. I hope that's true. I hope that's true so much. I absolutely love that story. It actually reminds me, I, I grew up in Denny, just over the border in New South Wales, huge courthouse there, and the urban myth was always that it had been sent to Deniliquin by mistake and never <laughs> meant to go there. So I can see that happening to Maribor as well. Stuart's in Dalesford. Good morning. Yeah, good morning, Jacinta. It's Rochelle, but what did you want to say? Oh, sorry, sorry, right. Rochelle. I'll answer apologies. to anything. What, what's... <laughs> What, what's your wrong, idea? Wrong, wrong time of the day. Oh, no. um, I'm, I'm one of the volunteers with the Dalesford Spa Country Railway, and uh, we preserve 10 kilometres of railway line and run trains on it. So. And so what do you do? What sort of things do you do? So we have, um, we have vintage rail cars instead of steam engines, and uh, we run trips every Sunday. And uh, we, we have the Dalesford Railway Station, which is from uh, 1882, and uh, quite an historic building because it is unique. There's no others like it in Victoria. And uh, it is still used as a, for its intended purpose. Stuart, that's actually an incredible way of, you know, we're talking about repurposing rail lines. You're talking about kind of preserving their original use. In terms of getting that rail line back up to where you could run a carriage down it, how hard was that? That was very hard. Um, we've uh, The, the organisation's been around for about 40 years. It took us 10 years to start running trucks proper trains um, and then we've been doing that um, that since but in between we've had uh, bushfires and um, cyclones which uh, have closed the railway in various states over over the years so it's been uh, been rather challenging but we we keep plugging away and we've got a fantastic team of volunteers and um, oh, what a wonderful yeah. role that you play I just I love that and I also love discovering where we do have rail lines where you maybe have thought there weren't rail lines people are letting us know that the foster train station is actually used Nick and it's used for oh. the local men's shed and it's maintained and used every week so that's actually really great to know as well and I mean the idea of putting men's sheds in railway stations that's a brilliant idea I'd be on board with that. It's a great purpose. And most of those men's sheds are contributing so much back to their local communities in terms of work and fundraising. Um, a beautiful way of making sure that that history gets preserved. So do you walk the line, run the line? Do you travel depending <laughs> on the train lines that are there that you can walk along? And maybe you've got a local station that you would like to see brought back to life. On ABC Radio Melbourne and Victoria. This is the Conversation Hour. Rochelle Hunt with you. I'm Melbourne. Nick Healy joining you from ABC Shepparton. This is interesting. This is from Claire in Lakes Entrance and it says, Trails are wonderful for many reasons, but they're also expensive to maintain. There's weed management, tree inspection, track clearing, path maintenance, drainage. Their remoteness and difficult of access increases the costs as well. Any development for these trails needs to be considered and they need to think about this and all of the associated maintenance before we start to build and think about this. It sounds like Claire has worked in that industry or maybe worked for a local council before possibly <laughs> and has been the one responsible for that. But, I mean, that's all 100% a, a, a part of it. 
And it's got to be factored in as well. I mean, these are amazing projects, but you don't just sort of say, oh, okay, well, that's the rail trail now. Obviously, huge amounts of work goes into it. And I think what you would want to know is that there will be enough interest in what you're preserving, that you will make up some of that money with people coming into town, um, wanting to stay overnight, wanting to go and check out the the brewery that's on the rail trail or, or what have you. I think, you know, there is such an amazing tourism opportunity for many smaller places utilising this. So, But it's got to be worth it. This is from Roger, and we might get into this a little later in the program. It says, hello, I used to design railway stations. I'm an architect, and I always thought it would work for urban stations to combine them with micro post offices, libraries, maybe somewhere where you could send a postcard from your local station, or you could grab a book for the trip, and it would provide much-needed people on site. Roger, Nick and I 100% agree that feels like there's so much more that could be done with our current train stations as well. But Bo Miles is an award-winning filmmaker, He's a speaker, he's a writer, he's a man that likes to set himself a mission and then document it and is a long-time friend of the Conversation Hour. Bo, welcome back. Now, you're a man that likes to run the line and you put the line back together and this was the, the Noogee Warrigal rail line. Tell us a little bit about what you discovered. G'day, Rochelle. G'day, Nick. Uh, yeah, I... Well, I, I think I found the last remaining sleeper on that line. It's about 43 <laughs> k's long. And I'm not telling anyone where it is because I'd like to steal it myself one day. Uh, but I love the idea that it's still there. Uh, and I, I had to do a bit of um, a little bit of interesting trespassing to stitch this line back together. And I, I've, I've got most of the locals now on side in the aftermath, but I had to do it fairly. I had to be a bit of a fox crossing through the landscape when I did it. Uh, but it was a heck of a lot of fun. And, and you know, I, I've lived with that railway line in my cosmos my whole life as a boy and, and now as a man and a family man. And yet it was such a – it was an awesome adventure uh, to start from Warrigal and, and head out towards these places you think you know. And yet you see this 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 lovely snake cut through the, the landscape with big old bridges on their side in patches of forest. And it was an awakening. It was wonderful. But how long had this been bubbling away as an idea? I mean, first up, why? It's amazing. It's a beautiful thing to do. But when did you say, okay, well, I'm going to make this run. I'm going to you know, jump across. What did you call it? Being a fox. Why? Why? And, and what was the big push for it? Well, yeah, I, there's, there's only a few patches of bush left on the line. So the best preserved sections of the rail trail are the bit that there's a, um, there's a section of bush surrounding. It's about a five or six kilometre section. And I go there most days for a run and there's got a whole bunch of single tracks that sort of weaves its way through the bush and in and out. And you always kind of, you know, you've got this handrail of the old railway line. And I did remember thinking, gee, Bo, I mean, I love my running in there and there's about 20 k's of single track uh, sort of trest about, but why didn't I, I, I wanted to see the rest of it and just, why don't I just run on the line one day and just keep going and cross all the fences and say hi to farmers <laughs> and, you know, pat a cow on the bum and just, just do the whole thing. I think not only um, that, Bo, you, you dressed up like an old train driver just to make it a oh, little I bit did. more that interesting. That was City. It was a stupid decision, that was, Rochelle. <laughs> um, so was my food choices that day. It was an actually really tough run. <laughs> I can imagine. But you actually had to jump fences because sections of the rail trail in that part of Gippsland in the Noogee Warrigal area where you were, which is where I spent a lot of time just quietly growing up, you literally you jumped fences and sort of had to almost knock on people's doors and say, look, don't mind me. I'm not here to steal your washing. I'm running a, a train line. Yeah, I, um, I, I met a few people that owned chunks of the line because I sold it off in the 60s and 70s, Vic Track did. Uh, so it's all privately owned now bar a few chunks of it, this bushy section and, and a, a bit out near New G. So oh, it was hundreds of fences. I lost count after a while and had to go through the film footage to figure out that it was well over, it was 150 or something. Um, I got zapped a whole bunch of times by electric fences and lay there just in my sweaty state, thinking, "Gee, you know, I'm earning my, I'm earning my film here." <laughs> um, and I took a shovel with me to whack blackberries in the bushy sections, which I thought was a quite an agricultural thing to do. You know, no one's going to think I'm up to mischief if I've got a shovel with me. You know, I, but in, oh, yeah. in, I should. I should have really had just a stick because it was still a bit provocative. It was a bit like a machete, you know. So, 
I had some farmers come out on their motorbikes and in their tractors, and I had to do my best diplomacy just to keep going. <laughs> Nothing bad ever happens with a shovel. Bo, that's incredible to me, and I can tell you that if I was running the distance you'd run, you could do a doco just over the fact I managed to get that far, let alone <laughs> doing it on a rail well, trail. People can watch it. It's called Run the Line, and it's still up on YouTube. So if people want to actually have a look at, you know, Bo running dressed as a train driver, carrying a shovel, running the Nuji line, then it's there for all to see. Go and take it's a It's a world-class it. film. It's a yeah, very good film. I tried to cash in on old Johnny Cash in, with Walk the Line and, and, and get a lot of people in their you know, 60s and 70s like Johnny Cash music, music to, to watch this train driver dude running around the landscape. That was kind of the play on things. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was a heck of a day. It was an unseasonal April day. It was very hot, so I, yeah, I sweated a lot. But other than I had a... An epiphany of sorts in terms of uh, my local area as well, seeing these layers, because, of course, when the line was put in, it was bushy and it was really wild country. And now it's incredibly gentrified and mostly pasteurised and and privatised. So, yeah, you know, to learn. It, 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 and I think that's a, a big revelation. part of it, too, is what we can learn about our, you know, the local towns and areas when we do run the line. Bo Miles, thank you. As we said, Nick, it's called Run the Line. Here's an idea, Nick, that I think both you and I are really going to like. Rish okay. and Nick, how about putting op shops into old train stations? <laughs> yeah, baby. Yes, please. Yes. I should say, I just noticed on the text line as well, Nigel, who's listening in Maryborough, saying it is a definite urban myth, the story about the station going to the wrong town, well documented in the local information centre. Nigel, thank you very much. We did think it sounded like an urban myth, didn't we? I know, but it's nice to think about it being real for just a second. And it look, never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Hey? Oh, please, no. Um, do I need to dress up in some old-timey outfits if I'm going to do a rail trail this weekend? If you like do, could you document it, please? Oh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Maybe a penny farthing on the rail trail. John's in Bentley. Good morning. Oh, good morning. How are you? Well, what did you want to say? Sorry? What What have you done? Uh, I'm doing the process of riding every single rail trail in Victoria. Of the 47, so far I've done 25. Oh, wow. What have you got a, a favourite yet? Sorry? Do you have a favourite? Uh, yes, uh, probably the Bansdale to uh, Orbisk line. That's a ripper of a line. It's about 100k long and uh, it's a great little line. Uh, but it takes a couple of days to do or more than that when, if, you, if you do the return trip. But it's a lovely line because you go through a bit of bushland. I've seen lyrebirds, echidnas, snakes, uh, wallabies uh, along the way. It's, it's really a nice line. So will this be some kind of record? If you do this, John, will you be a rail line world record holder? Uh, no, I don't think so. Although um, just recently I did, a, a, which I think is a world record, I just travelled on every single actual um, practising rail line in Australia, all 114 of them in one go. John, you clearly love trains and train travel. Yes. Yeah, it's my favourite form of transport, but I'm not fanatical about it. I don't know. I can't tell the difference between one train and another apart from a steam train or a diesel train. But I just I think it's a very, very pleasant way of um, travelling around. And in Melbourne, I don't have my own car. I just have a, a bike and I get around on bikes everywhere and I just love doing rail trails. The most recent one I did was the Great Southern from Niora to Port Welshville. That's not a bad trail either. I love that. I, and I, I think this is the thing too. Once you start then it opens up this world for you where you start to realise, wow, there are trails absolutely everywhere. And I believe this happened to the Vice President of Rail Trails Victoria, Stephen Kay. Now, this is sort of a superhero-esque, Stephen, in that you're a doctor by day and yet you are a rail trail <laughs> lover by night and this is a big part of your life. You're also the Chief Medical Officer for Puffing Billy. You were one of the first medical officers for the Great Victorian Bike Ride. Where did your love for rail trails come from? Yeah, hi, Rachel. Hi, Nick. Um, look, the, I, I've been a rail fan forever. I've been a cyclist forever, and I love the great outdoors. And the natural blend of all of these things was to link it all together with rail trails. So um, I was introduced to rail trails in you know, 20 odd years ago and thought these are fantastic, but they they're really great, but they don't quite connect. They need more polish 
as it were. They need to be longer and they need to connect to local communities and introduce historic um, features and, and educate people who use them. And so I joined Rail Trails Australia, not just Rail Trails Victoria, Rail Trails Australia, um, which is, of course, the, the volunteer peak body that advocates for rail trails around the country. Um, and, uh, and I've been working with, with uh, like-minded people from all over the nation uh, to further rail trails everywhere in, in every state. And it's Stephen, been a pleasure to do so. Stephen, with Victoria, it does seem like we're a bit of a, a leap and a bound ahead of other states, you know, 47 rail trails. What's the secret of our success on that front? Well, it's a bit, it's a bit perverse, actually. The, the, the state government decided um, in, the, in the 1980s to close a number of the branch lines that weren't successful. So we retracted our rail uh, footprint across the state and almost as a as a compensation payback for the to the community by closing the uh, and there were fifteen initially that got closed simultaneously. Um, some money was provided by the state uh, to umbrella conversion of those railways into rail trails, and uh, so Victoria really became the home of rail trails for Australia and has really led the way. And that's exactly why we've got so many. They're all about the same age. Um, they all got developed in a similar similar way. Um, uh, and from Rail Trails Australia's point of view, we've produced mapping for Victoria, which is all looking the same. We have the gradient profiles, which are based on the Victorian Railways maps. So the gradient profiles to give you the angle of, of uh, ascent and descent on the trail. Um, can be, uh, it's the same between the trails. So there's a consistency across the board, which is really nice. Stephen, we're talking a lot about biking and running and what have you around these trails, but of course they are a, a very much a, a history that we can get out and touch and experience. And there's a lot that they can tell us about that history. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's you know, the railways in, in Australia, like all of the Western world, really opened up the land the same happened in the United States and in Europe and railways were really used to improve agriculture, to get, get food stuff to market, to get the people out into the, into the rural areas. And they've really been vital in the opening up and development of Australia. And as you ride one and ride or cycle or, in fact, horse ride as well, many of the oh, yes. rail trails are used for, for horse riding. Um, so when, when you do that, you generally start at one of the central locations at a station in a town and you go through the, the commercial area into the residential and then the industrial and then the rural. And then the next town comes along and it all reverses and you go rural, industrial, <laughs> residential, urban. And, you, and the trail will take you right into the middle of the next town. So you're right there with all of the shops and the facilities that are there because that's where the train stations were. Oh, they were all yeah. in the middle of the towns when they were first built. That was the focal point. And that's the way the... you can see why they're just so successful. And I mean, at last count, Victoria has 47 of them. I think I counted there's another four pending out there at the moment. And I have to say the Rail Trails Australia's website is set up brilliantly. So depending on where you live or maybe where you're travelling, you can go and you can look really easily where there is a rail trail. And to be honest, I was quite surprised. There was a few I went, oh, there's heaps near me. So you might <laughs> actually learn a thing or two. I think it's incredible work that you do, Stephen. Thanks so much for your time. No, that's, it's a pleasure and hopefully we'll see you all out on the trails and joining Rail Trails Australia as well. It's Stephen Kayes, the Vice President of Rail Trails Victoria. So many texts and calls, Nick, this one. Molden is divine. The volunteers are so charming and there's beautiful flowers tended to all over the station. And apparently Nyora has an op shop. That's from Avon. So the train station there, I dare say... You and I need to pop in and have a little bit of a visit. I will take myself out that way because, you know, if it's one thing I love, it's an op shop. And if I can combine it with a rail trail, I'll be a very, very happy camper. I think on the line at the moment, we've got David from Maribor. David, are you there? Oh, good morning, Nick. Good morning, Michelle. How are you both? Now, you actually run that rail trail. Well, we run the uh, the railway cafe and tracks bar in Maribor. We're the proud owners that took over right. back in October. Um, and obviously, I 
have a I have a keen aunt that's a, an avid listener of your program, and she gave me the heads up about this. So um, I just wanted to call and say just how fantastic um, it is to see stations like Maryborough um, being revitalised. They've recently been given two million dollars uh, to revitalise the station, and uh, the first stage, which is the tourist information centre, has been. Uh, renovated as we speak, but there are plans after that to have an arts precinct and a live oh, sculpture wow. area and garden, um, which will be a, an amazing focal point for the town. Um, and interestingly, there's a lot of uh, discussion about uh, having or activating a rail trail between uh, Maryborough and Castlemaine, which is about a five kilometre stretch. So we would love to see that take place and um, certainly. The benefits that we see here in Maryborough with the uh, proposed works or the works that will be going uh, underway uh, it will be significant for a lot of other towns and um, as well. And David, are you seeing a difference when it comes to people coming into town? Like, are you seeing that uptick of visitors and tourists? Oh, absolutely. I think people are very excited and are very aware of, of what's happening. And we would say that our trade, uh, more than 50% on Saturday and Sunday, is coming from people outside the region. Uh, we tend to get a lot of people from uh, Ballarat and Bendigo and, and Melbourne, but a lot of people that have heard about the, the train station um, and that are keen to visit. And because it's obviously based in central Victoria, where sort of that magic, you know, 45 yeah. minutes Ballarat or Bendigo or 20 minutes. I love the idea of knowing that money is being spent <laughs> there and that it's going to the community. I do feel like there needs to be some kind of plaque or information that says this train station was meant for this town. You know, it is not a mm. mistake. It wasn't meant to, it wasn't <laughs> meant to go to Queensland. We have literally jammed the phone lines with so many people wanting to call and to speak to us about the rail trail that they've been on, what's happening in their town and what they would like to see done with their local train station. Let's try and get to some of them next. On ABC Radio, Melbourne and Victoria. This is the Conversation Hour. Michelle Hunt with you in Melbourne. Nick Healy joining you from ABC Shepparton. Wendy Nick says, wonderful rail trail from Lilydale to Warburton, a cafe along the line. It runs along the Yarra River in Warburton. There's also a bicycle retailer and repair shop. Now that's clever thinking. <laughs> a separate cafe, a former inner circle line at Brunswick. Parts of the line are still used as its shared cycling and walking path. I wish this was still a rail line. Creswick Town still has a beautiful preserved old station, but I think it's unused and locked up. That is really disappointing. Really, really disappointing. We've got another call on the line. Daniela in St Kilda, I think. Is that you? Yeah, this is me. Hi, guys. Hi, Nick. Hi, Rochelle. How are you? Oh, very well. Thank you. Talk to me about bike touring. So this is, yeah, so I think it's, it's been inextricably linked, the whole concept of the rail trail and bikes, and that's fantastic, in addition to walkers and horse, horse riding. But there's a real movement now in the bike world towards bike touring, which is a sort of a lightweight version of the old panniers. And people are, you know, leaving Melbourne, it's a great way to, it's, a, it's another form of tourism and it's really growing. And I think it's fantastic that we're saying getting everyone on bikes and on rail trails, but there's a real logistical issue that needs to be addressed about this. And I'm, and, and I've written multiple letters, but I'm, someone needs to take it to um, a V-line because obviously we don't want people leaving Melbourne in their cars. We want them leaving Melbourne on trains, don't we? Because that would, you know, that would get them out to the regions. They can start in one point, do a fantastic tour mm. from, say, Nyora to Port Welshpool and then catch the train back inject money into the local economies, yeah. etc. There's you lots know, of people that, the op shops. There's lots of people, Daniela, that think like that and would hundred percent agree with you. And one of them is actually Ben Rossiter and he's the executive officer of Victoria Walks. And Ben, not only have we spoken about this in the past, but you have information on your website about some of the incredible walking trails you can do that you get to via V line first. So you jump on the train and then you get off and there is a beautiful however many K walk waiting for you at the other end. So you would agree with Daniela. Oh, absolutely. I think we need to do a lot more to make public transport accessible walks um, for, obviously, as Daniel's saying, for, for riders, but also for walkers and uh, for accessibility, that um, we've got to make sure that we have walks that are accessible to everyone, uh, no matter what your mobility issue is. So we could do a lot more, but there are a lot that are accessible by train, by tram, by bus, uh, which is fantastic. 
Ben, that's obviously a huge amount of work to make sure that those train rides are accessible to, to the areas people want to go to, especially if they're bringing a bike along. I was um, at a winery in Glen Rowan and bumped into a chap who'd ridden up that day from Melbourne. Uh, hello, H, if you're listening. I know you're a bit of a fan of this show. And um, he said that getting back home via train could be a real nightmare for him. Yeah, it can. I mean, while you were talking, I was thinking um, my dad used to live in Leopold and when my kids were little, we'd catch the train down to South Geelong and go out the Bellarine Rail Trail on the bikes, which is, you know, when they were eight and ten, there's no way we could have done it without the rail trail because it was safe and, you know, we went about, about 10 or 11 or 12k. So it was a, a wonderful option, but it was always a bit of a worry, could you get your bike on the train but one of the things i think in terms of walking is what's so good about rail trails is they went from most of them from town to town mm. so they're mm. in and around town so that idea if you like, like you mentioned op shops a food accommodation <laughs> you op shops i'm already i've got an op shop walking trail <laughs> i couldn't agree more. throw a glass of rosé in there and you have got me pegged <laughs> I think we should just uh, go write a book on that, Michelle, and uh, pick our favourite walks where we could eat and drink and talk and, uh, you know, visit op shops. But I think, you know, we've under really, there's an opportunity in terms of particularly, say, regional tourism to have a, you know, government really needs to do an action and investment plan so we can really... Uh, explore a lot more of Victoria because when we do regional walking tourism, it has clear benefits for the destinations because it provides, you know, an authentic local experience to encourage visitors and it supports the local economy. And for visitors, they get activities that they're interested in that immerse themselves in nature and culture and have a deeper interaction with locals. And the other one, it benefits locals because if you have lots of walking options and rail trails can provide the backbone for this, is locals will be more physically active and want to care for the environment Mm. more. So we've got this opportunity to, if you like, disperse our tourist dollar around the state, share the love, but also from a walking perspective, if people... They mightn't go somewhere to walk, but we know it's one of the top two questions when they go to the local tourist info is where's the great walks? And if they have them, they'll stay longer, they'll come back and they'll have a really fantastic time, which is not based around adventure tourism, but just everyday activities of walking and riding and being with family and friends or just immersing in nature. Ben, it was interesting what you said before about the benefits to local people that aren't just financial and tourist dollars. I mean, I think that's something we haven't spoken about. We're talking Mm. about this as destinations for people to to come and visit, but people living in those areas are getting the benefit of these beautiful trails. Absolutely. There was some work by the UN's tourism organisation looking at the benefits of walking tourism, and there was a clear benefit to locals because if they're did do that and have environments where visitors would be active, they were more active. So yes. it's, like, it's it's not just the economy, but they're just healthier, more engaged, socially connected, and importantly, care for the environment. And I think I'll say hats off to so many of the rail trails because these have been driven by volunteers, community volunteers. Yes. Over and that can't decades. be overlooked. And I love yeah. the idea too. Ben Rossiter, CEO of Victoria Walks, thank you so much. I love the idea too if you are local and you live there, you know, your Saturday morning or Sunday morning exercise or catch up is being able to do either all of or a section of that rail trail. And Ben is right. If, that, if you've got good infrastructure there mm. for you... So I guess a perfect example is when I spend time in Bendigo with my uh, mother-in-law. There's beautiful tracks around the waterways there, around the Kennington, you know, reservoir, the Kenny Res, as we like to call it. <laughs> it's but it's got a great walking track there. The infrastructure there is beautiful. So whenever I'm there, I walk it sometimes multiple times a day because it's beautiful and it's accessible. It makes a real difference. I am spending far more time on my bike here in Shepparton because of the great trails that are right near work, right near home. And maybe I'm only out for half an hour, 40 minutes, but I'm off the road. I'm riding around somewhere beautiful. I'm not even putting headphones in. I'm just enjoying being outdoors and it's fantastic. Listening to those old sounds of Mother Nature. Isn't that nice? Mm. You know, when sometimes Mm. you forget your headphones and you think, actually, I'm just going to (laughs) take in the sounds and it's beautiful. Dyes in Taradale. Good morning. Oh, good morning. Yes, I'm looking out my kitchen window at the most magnificent bluestone 
station and huge um, good shed. Uh, the, the station was taken over by a lovely couple about two years ago who were living there and uh, are renovating it. And it's looking fantastic inside. But unfortunately, um, previous leases or people have taken a lot of the original pieces like uh, fireplaces and they're uh, desperately wanting to put a new, not a new, an original station veranda on the the, um, building. So I was just wondering if I left my phone number, if anyone has... Yeah, well, we've got your details, Di. What we'll do is I'll pop you back on hold so we can keep your details and that way if people text us or, or ring us through if everyone does have those original pieces because you never know you know someone's doing a little bit of a clean out so thank you Rob's in Castlemaine good morning good morning good morning I was just listening to the conversation about the trails in Shepparton and I I'm originally from Shepparton and and uh, there was an engineer there called Roger Smith it was an absolute mad keen cyclist and that's why Shepparton's got such really good bike tracks um he was way ahead of the game. Uh, I am happy to, to reap the benefit of his passion. Trust me, it's been a, it's been a joy since I got into town. Yeah, I'll just thank Roger for that. But look, what I wanted to talk about was, and also Shepparton, uh, was the train station was the parcels office because it was illegal for any carrier like Hunter's Transport, anybody those people, to carry small parcels. They could only carry the big stuff. All the small stuff was a protected industry by the unions. And so if you wanted a small parcel from Melbourne overnight, it had to come on a passenger train. And that was done to protect the uh, operation of the small stations like Katunga, Yamurka, Strathmerton um, and Castlemaine and places. So that the station master had a role, he had cash flow. And uh, if you dropped a parcel off at uh, 5 o'clock uh, in Shepparton Station, it would be on the 6 o'clock train and to be in Melbourne and the person in Melbourne have it tomorrow morning. And, and that's, um, that's badly gone. And... We've got lots and lots of trucks running around doing what the train network is very, very mm. capable of doing now. We, we yeah. do, and I think, you know, even what you're adding to, it just gave a sense of purpose to those stations as much as uh, anything else, you know, somewhere to go to, to drop off those parcels, pick up those parcels. Um, I don't know, Rochelle, I mean, I think, you know, we're talking about uses of train stations. I mean, I love that. Yeah, I know, and Raphael Epstein, who the Melbourne listeners would hear him at the moment on our morning program, was talking about one of his local stations, Windsor, which is two storeys high, but there's nothing they're not used. It's empty. It's not used for anything. And when you start to think about some mm. of the uses that our current train stations, our working train stations could have and how could they could benefit our lives as well. Lee Roberts is a research associate. He's with the University of New South Wales and he's a part of the City Futures Research Centre. Lee, I mean, you're super passionate about rail trails and we'll get to that in just a moment. But the idea of utilising our current train stations. I mean, you're also an urban planner. We, they're sort of just these big waste of space a lot of the time. You can barely get a toilet there if you're lucky, and yet they're, <laughs> they're big central buildings. Are we using our train stations to the best of their ability? Yeah, <clears throat> that's a great question, and thanks a lot for having me on. I, um, you know, I think that the one of the things, I'll speak from a Sydney perspective, uh, but you know, one of the one of the challenges here is that we've got a we've got stations that tend to be, you know, historically valuable, and it's difficult to go back in with these historic stations and and add in additional um, additional elements, additional shops, and things like that. But uh, you're absolutely right that I think, um, you know, if, if you if we go to some place like like Japan or Taiwan or Hong Kong and and look at what stations are like there where, you know, the, the station is as much about shopping and eating and meeting people and, you know, all, all that kind of normal kind of urban social experience. That's all, that's all kind of in the, in the station building. Mm. And that, that can be a real challenge. I'm American and we have the same issue with our train stations. But, I, you know, I think there are some, there are some hopeful signs, you know, here in Sydney, uh, Town Hall Station, for example, is a, is a, a great example of where there's, you know, the station was put in under historic structures, under Town Hall and under the Queen Victoria building. So they couldn't really, you know, mix that, mix the station and the shops exactly, but they built a whole underground layer that connects all those buildings together and has all the shopping and the supermarkets and the 
you know, place to get a haircut and place to eat lunch and all those things. Yes, are, a haircut. Are mm. easily, yeah, really. The kind of thing that we can never squeeze into our daily lives any other, <laughs> any other time. But if it was in the train station, it'd be super convenient. Lee, we've been talking so much about uh, regional rail trails, but of course there is a lot of success being done with them in urban areas as well. I was in Sydney when the monorail was coming down and I, I feel like that was a really lost opportunity to do one of those gorgeous elevated walking tracks like we've seen overseas. Mm, that would have been that would have been a, a great thing. And, you know, I think um, it's always a, always a balancing act. How do you, you know, if, it's great to make use of that old infrastructure if it's around. It's 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 not very common, um, and sometimes you know the experience that causes down on the ground is not all that pleasant, and it's better to take it out and start from scratch. But but yeah, I think if you think about the High Line in New York, where you know that that experience of being up uh, kind of in the city, but also removed from the you know having to worry about cars and things mm-hmm. like that, it's a really different experience of a of a city in a, in a place like that, and. Um, I think that's actually what rail trails almost always offer us is that sort of unique view on, on the world that we don't get to see very often. I love that idea of it being a unique view and more and more now as we sort of scramble and fight for green space and green space now is something that we almost took for granted and it's now a luxury and not everybody mm. has access to green space and we know how vital it is to our well-being and to the economy fundamentally because the, the better we are, the less pressure we put on our healthcare system. It just goes on and on and on. And when you look at rail trails and how more of them could be used to just give us not only better access, but to, to keep us healthier, to keep us connected, Lee. I mean, is it something that we do well in this state? We've got 47 of them. There's more <laughs> out there. But, I mean, do, do we do it well? <laughs> well, I, definitely Victoria does it better than any place else in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice to hear. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, most of, the, most of the rail trails in Victoria are not urban. They're, you know, they're, they're in more rural settings. And they're, they're fantastic at, at, at doing a, a lot of great things in, in rural areas, definitely. But, I, you know, for my own research, I've, I do focus on urban rail trails because of, because of that, that need for, you know, outdoor recreational space and green spaces and places to, you know, take your kids to ride, the, you know, ride, ride a bike or go for a jog or those sorts of things. Those are really um, uh, kind of rare rare opportunities in cities these days, you know, especially the, the bigger cities. And so, you know, w- when there is something like an abandoned rail line, you know, it's it's really a golden opportunity to, to not only create active transport uh, places, but also, you know, utilize all the other kind of leftover spaces that are always part of abandoned rail lines. Um, to to create parks and and to create those those other kind of cool green spaces that that we need more and more in in cities today. And Lee, the research shows time and time again, it's not just physical health benefits, the mental health benefits of accessible green space, the um uh, the cooling factor of it. I mean, it, the flow on effect is beyond what you initially think it might be. That's right. Yeah, I think. Um, that the evidence of of the effect of you know even just just kind of looking at green space is you know its effect on our bodies and our minds is 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 really pretty dramatic and and so you know one of the things we we want to do as much as possible in urban design is make it so those sorts of experiences in greenness not quite nature but at least green space are are an easy part of our everyday life, you know, so we don't have to get in the car and drive to some park that's on the outskirts of the city, but it's right here as part of our everyday life. And we can just step out of our offices or, or our, you know, schools and step into those spaces and get those mental and physical benefits that come. It's a little bit of utopia, isn't it? Just right there and (laughs) and being able to be used. Lee, it's wonderful research. Thanks so much for your time. Lee Roberts is a research associate with the University of New South Wales and a part of the City Futures Research Centre. So many texts on this and... Oh, apologies if we haven't read them out. I feel like we've got a tourism guide here, Nick, right? I am making notes. I am making notes. I'm marking things down on rail apps. I'm very excited about this. We could publish this. I mean, these are things. But heaps of people have said, where is this information? You know, at train stations, why Mm. why isn't there information about the rail trail? I mean, I will push people back to Rail Trails Australia. They've got incredible 
information and resources for you there. Here's a text from Norma, though, and I love this. Rochelle and Nick, a group of us, eight of us, and we've known each other for 50 years. We were teachers at Wanthaggy. We've ridden two trails each year for the past 10 years. One couple ride a tandem as one of them is visually impaired. How lovely and what a beautiful tradition to have. I think that's absolutely gorgeous and such a a way of making that accessibility a real factor of this. You know, we're talking a lot about walking and riding, uh, but of course that's a beautiful way of making sure that people can feel involved on all levels. Let's talk horses though. Joanne, you're in Narbathong. Do you do this but on a horse? Yes, good morning, Nick. Good morning, Rochelle. Yes, thank you for having me on. I run a small boutique horse riding business and we deal with um, owner horse riders and we ride from Tallarook to Mansfield on the Great Victorian Rail Trail and it is one of the very best long-distance rail trails. It's absolutely divine. And we do it over six days and five nights. And as in supporting local tourism, we uh, stop in accommodation venues every night. So we spread the love. We do you tie your horses up the front, old school style? (laughs) (laughs) And a couple of them we do, yes. Um, And I have to tell you, there is lots of photos taken as well. We're very much right, right down the main street of yay and everybody stops and takes photos and there's usually oh. always school groups buses are school groups and they all oh yeah hi look there's the horses what an and image you know it's, it's such a walk down memory lane and supporting the tourist doll and supporting the locals we put so much money back into the regions as we ride all the way through and we're so welcomed by the friends of the great victorian rail trail and it's absolutely just the best business. It's such a hard office to work in, I have to tell you. Joanne, I'm so glad you got in touch because we actually had a couple of texts saying that we needed to speak to you. So I think you've had a real impact on people with what you do. Oh, thank you so much. Yes, we've had, I'm not sure how many trips. We average between six and ten trips a year along the rail trail and um, usually put back into the community right along or anywhere from five to seven, maybe $8,000 every trip back into the community, supporting all the accommodation venues. And uh, I, I term myself as the tip of the arrow and uh, um, one little business supporting a whole lot of little businesses, other ones. And uh, we look at the old um, cemeteries. We stop at the uh, Merton Cemetery, which is absolutely steeped in history. A funny place to have lunch, but the guests love it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Joanne, you have put a ridiculous smile on our faces. I love everything about that. Nick Healy... You've got rail trails in Shepparton. I've found multiple rail trails near where I grew up that I feel like I need to visit. What I like about them too is that we've discovered, we haven't really spoken much about today, is that they're not too steep. They're long, but they're not too steep. These are pleasant, beautiful walks that we can go on. Gentle rolling bike rides or an easy walk uh, around places you'd want to go and want to see more of. I mean, there's no loss here. Just add a few op shops and we'll be happy. As we said, Rail Trails Australia has got some really good information for you. Nick Healy, as always, joining us from ABC Shepparton. Thank you, mate. Have a wonderful weekend. You too. I'll be back with you on Monday. Until then, take care.